Good morning, you're listening to the Fresh Egg Digital Breakfast with your hosts, Ryan Ogilvie, Mark Longhurst and Tom Brennan. In this week's episode, we're going to give you some top tips and hints and user guides, really, to the platform of Google Analytics. We're going to help you to get the most out of this platform, give you some of the insights that we've got out of it, and understand how we use it to better understand how our clients' websites are performing and how to get the best out of these websites, too. So, grab yourself your morning coffee, Danish pastry, whatever it is that you're planning on eating for breakfast. Let's get down to the podcast. Good morning, guys. Good Happy morning. Friday. Happy Friday. Friday again. I know. It, it's getting quicker and quicker. It is. Um, and my, you know my... what? I'm catching more and more Pokemon. Mate, <laughs> you... For, for those of you listening in, um, you'll know now that Pokemon Go is a thing. It's an app that's been released. Um, and if you've not got it, then really you should get it because it's good fun. But I spoke to Ryan when this app was released and I said to him, are you going to get Pokemon Go? I went, no, no, I'm not going to get it. I'm not going to get I it. I said I was going to wait for it to officially release. You said you were going to wait for it to, for, to officially release. And you didn't. No, I waited. You, you, I waited no, for the, the day thing before. Is, though, is this, it, was the, it was the worst way of doing it. Because you could have had it a week before the UK official release. I know. Instead, you, you held out. You went, no, no, I'm not going to download it. not going to download it. And then the day before it was released in the UK, you got it from the, what was it, the Australian no, shop? No, US, US. US. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. So yeah, I had a thoroughly good giggle at that. I caved straight away. I was I, I, I kind of placed myself on the whole whole uh, I'm indifferent to this type of thing. People were going, Oh, you're gonna get download Pokemon? I was like, Well, I might take it, I might leave it, yeah, you know. Just left it quite ambiguous. Yeah, yeah. As soon as it came out, I was like, Right, that's me. I was amazed I held out for as long as I did. And and now I'm addicted like on Sunday. Um, I went out with one of my mates and we spent three and a half hours catching Pokemon. <laughs> Incredible, isn't it? Like, I on on Sunday, my wife had been away for the the whole weekend from like Thursday through to very late Sunday. And she came home and I was really pleased to see her. And uh, it kind of got to about seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night. And I said to her, "Honey, um, I'm just going to pop out." And she was like, "Where are you going?" I went, oh, "Just just going to." Go out for a bit, you know. Might, might walk down to the seafront. She goes, "Why are you going to go go out for a walk?" And I went, "Um, just feel like it." She goes, "You're not telling me something, are you?" I went, oh, "I'm going to play Pokemon." <laughs> and like her face, she was like, "Are you are you six? I was like, "You don't understand. This game is not for six year olds. No, it's not. Well, it is and it isn't. It's yeah. for, it's for everyone." Oh, I've seen people of all ages playing it. It's amazing. It's great. And and I bumped into so many people that have just. Either giving me the casual Pokemon Go nod. <laughs> there is. There you know is a Pokemon Go nod. Yeah. Like, I know you're playing. Yeah, they just look up and they go, yep. That's right. And I've also just actually spoken to people about it. and Yeah. You know, people that I wouldn't speak to normally, because I don't speak to people. Uh, <laughs> Mark, have you been playing? Not as much. Not as much. It kept crashing for me. Server issues. I think everyone's had server so issues. So I've been falling yeah. behind a little bit. Let's yeah. catch up. Pokemon Go... Sort your stuff out. Come on. Well, it's, it's launching. In, it's la- it launched in Japan this week as well. Oh god. So, yeah. Yeah, that's going to overload it. Yeah. 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 More, more servers, please. Make make sure that your servers can handle. The, yeah. The but what great news for Nintendo? I mean, their share price is insane. Yeah. Like it's literally like pretty much. It's pretty much done the opposite of what the pound's done recently. 
Yes, right. So it, that's, that's yeah. where all the money's gone. This is yeah, going to Nintendo, going into Nintendo now. And, you know, they've double whammied us. So they released Pokemon Go and then straight away announced the Mini NES. Oh, Have yeah, Have you seen yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. The Mini NES. So Amazing. their original console, I believe it was. Yeah. And they've released it or are going to release it for like $60 to $100 or something like this. It's got like 30 it's games in And it. it's got 30 games pre-built into it, so it's it's all running off this one little compact machine, and it's got the old-school controllers. Awesome. It's a genius I'm idea. I'm totally getting one. They've gone from completely off-form to on-form. Like. Right, so uh, they've tapped into that nostalgic right, exactly. crowd. Because they're, they're waiting for their next console next year. Right. And in the meantime, yeah. Pokemon Go and a re-release of the NES. Yep. Genius. Absolutely. It's cool. It's awesome. That's what we've been up to. Well, yeah, that's that's pretty much what all of us have been up to. Uh, Though I have to put in there um, that I attended a gig this week, which was pretty darn good. I went to see um, a band called Basement, who I've not seen before, but the only reason I went to see them was because of this support band, which is Dinosaur Pileup. Nice. Um, So, yeah, Basement were great. Dinosaur Pileup were amazing, as ever. I'm a massive fan. So, and I met Matt. Um, from the band as well before, so it's kind of like kind of like we're like we're like we're. And tomorrow, I'm going to see Aladdin. Are you? Yeah. What? Like the film? No, the uh, the London um, West End show that's just opened like three weeks ago. It's a whole new world for you, mate. Oh, hey! Mark's shaking his head no. in absolute disapproval. <laughs> <laughs> dad jokes. Too many dad jokes. Dad jokes. What are you talking that's about? That's not a dad joke. <laughs> That's a Disney joke. It gets Ryan's stamp of approval. It does. Excellent. Right, so I think we should crack on with the podcast. So this week we are talking about Google Analytics. Um, and this is the platform that most, if not all, of our clients um, use. So it's the one that we are most familiar yeah. with. Obviously, we've There's used a few exceptions. Like, but Yeah, we've used uh, Adobe Analytics and, and the like in the past. But it is the majority of like 95%, speaking, yeah. Uh, it's what most people would use. Why? Because it's free, it's accessible, um, and it's... A, pretty good at doing what it does it's a great tool yeah, yeah. i mean if yeah. you if you if you use it to customize it to how you how you need it and make sure that you and we would go on to it but make sure you filter out all of the the rubbish that you don't want yeah then it's a fantastic platform yeah absolutely um so really what we want to do for you guys who are listening in is just to give you some of our uh, hints and tips, things that we found um, to be useful when we're looking at various different reports. A lot of people will, will dive into analytics having no real experience of it and kind of wonder, well, where the hell do I start? What am I What am I looking at? What do I look for? How am I supposed to use this to improve upon my website um, for my users and, and also for my business? Um, so we're going to take you through some of the key reports that we look at uh, and some of the functionality that, that we most use. Um, and in a future podcast, I think it will be great for us to get uh, some of the insight team from uh, here at Fresh Egg um, who work in analytics every single day and are responsible for setting up and customising it. Um, we'll, we'll get those guys in as well. So yeah. if you've got any specific questions that you want to line up for them, please do email in. Um, I mean, these, these are just some of the bits of GA that we find useful in our day-to-day work but as you said the insight team know this platform inside out yeah absolutely absolutely so i think that um i'll start us off then uh with with one of the reports that i i most frequently look at um and this is the pages report um 
when I'm working on a client's site and I want to understand the performance of, of what's going on and, and where most people are heading to when they get to the site, what's most popular in terms of content that's, that's performing, um, the, the content pages report is, is, is critical for me. Um, and a lot of people that I've spoken to um, have said, oh, our bounce rate on our pages is really high. Um, you know, it's a real problem. We've got to get this down. Um, and most of the time, I, I am able to say to them, it's not as bad as you think it is. Mm. Because people take bounce rate in isolation, and that's not great, because naturally, on any website, there will be pages that have a higher bounce rate. Or there will be a reason why there's a higher bounce rate, okay? Yep. Um, something like a blog page will naturally have a high bounce rate. Right, and and completely agree. I get a lot of We get a lot of clients that say, well... Our blog's got a high bounce rate. But actually, if you've got an email newsletter and you find, yes, they are bouncing because you've got a four-paragraph piece of content that actually they're reading and then away they go, but they subscribe to your newsletter, fantastic. Yeah. That's what you want. Absolutely. So I think that um, what you need to understand is whereabouts um, in the in the user journey on your site are these pages positioned um, what have you done recently to promote these pages and is this page at the natural conclusion of a user journey so in the example of a blog page someone may have searched for the content that's on that blog page um, and have come in they've read it they've got all the information that they need they're done. They've satisfied their mm. original intent. Um, if they've come through uh, from a link on an email newsletter, then they've naturally reached the end of their journey once they've finished that content. If you're wanting to reduce the bounce rate of any piece of content, then consider putting in um, relevant links to other pieces of content that they might want to read. You know, yeah. if you've put uh, a, an article up about the top 10 uh, analytics reports that you need to be looking at, and someone reads through that top 10 list, they get to the bottom, why not then suggest that they go and read, well, here's how you can engage with people um, and here's how you can tag up your analytics campaigns so that you know exactly what you're looking at. Stuff that's related, stuff that's relevant may help people to, 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 right. to go it, through the site. Exactly, and there's another, uh, another actual real-life example example is that we wrote a guide to business leasing for one of our clients and actually once you've read okay what is business leasing what are the different types of contracts a natural step might be to actually go and look at the different deals that are available right so within the content we actually embedded live business deals yep which actually gets a lot of interaction and results in a lot of sales and i'm not saying that actually you should be pushing every customer to a sale because that's not true but in regards to that piece of content mm -hmm. looking at google analytics we use that data to then go, actually, this will be worthwhile doing. Absolutely, and that's that's key as well. Don't forget that um, whilst you're looking at pages reports, have a look at where people were before they got to that page, if they did have a previous page. Also then look at where they go to next, um, because despite having a high bounce rate, there will be a percentage of people that go to another place. If you look at the top place that they go to next, you might be able to say, oh, well, actually, we don't, linked to that very visibly or we don't you know have that very prominently placed on mm. the page maybe if we infer that a lot of people are interested in this that are coming to this page let's put a call to action to say check this out right. this is what most people yeah. go on to do next or if it's the home page maybe people want to do something else but they're not really sure where to go right so actually pointing them in that right direction absolutely and that brings us on to something that's very closely related to this um, which is the site search report mm. um, a lot of people 
just ignore it or they don't know where it is or what it does. If you have um, a search functionality on your website, you can set up at Google Analytics so that it captures what people type in to that search box. So someone comes to your site, they're looking for a specific product or thing or bit of information. If they can't find it easily on your site and you have that site search feature, most likely, other than leaving your website, they may use that search box to assist them in their journey. Now, if you've got a page that has a high bounce rate or you're wanting to know how you can reduce that, how you can encourage people to move through your site, why not have a look at that site search data and see what are the top requests, what are the top things that people look for on your site and go, okay, well, over 50% of people on my site are looking for product X. Okay, I'll put product X as a call to action button at the end of every content page. You might trial that for a bit just to right. see whether it drops down those bounce rates. Yeah, and another real example of that is again related to cars. People uh, on on one of our client sites, you either want a manual or an automatic. Right. Now, what people were doing is actually searching in the search box for automatic and being given no results. Right. So what we did is we identified. Wow, there's a, I can't remember the exact figure, but hundreds of people were searching for automatic every month. We actually created a page that then was served when people were using yeah, that search. Absolutely. So there's ways and means of using this data, um, not just to look at and go, okay, well, what does this mean for me? Use it to, to create new content pages or to place markers and, and prompts to your users to say, hey, look, this is available to you. A lot of our customers find this useful. Why don't you have a look at it too? You know, don't just assume that someone's going to have gotten all the information they need from one single page. Give them options mm. as to where to go next. Don't just assume that, oh, there's only one place that they're going to want to go to next. That's this one. You could put the top three performing pages at the bottom of your um, pieces of content and say, hey, a lot of people are going here and are enjoying this content. Have a look. Yeah. I've heard another, another good thing that we've implemented by looking at GA data is finding that people have as you said, further questions is exactly how you just said, but we didn't really have a way of collecting those questions other than in a comment section. So what we did is we actually asked for a bit more information. We said, okay, drop us a, a comment, drop us your email address. That then comes through to us. We then add that content into the existing post or guide or whatever it is. Then we email that person to say, I'll oh, just let you know we've actually answered this in full for you. Mm-hmm. Then, then you know, if you've not got someone that's going to come back to your site before, you certainly have now. Yeah. And actually, they're now more likely to probably buy from you as yeah. a brand as well. I agree. I agree. Great. So that's site search reports, and it's also content reports, and how you can kind of use those two in tandem with each other. Um, Ryan, what sort of reports or what sort of features of analytics are you most a fan of, or do you use most often? I think referrals is yeah. a massive part. You know, having a look at what sites are referring traffic to your sites and looking at trends in that. So. What new referrals are there? You know, did you place those, or have they have they have they been placed naturally? Are there, you know, is there then an argument to go to that site and say, look, we can see that you're actually referring as business. We'd like to partner with you further. Mm-hmm. And then further on from that is looking at referrals that you used to get that you no longer get. Mm-hmm. And I think an example of that is deal sites. So if you're on an e-commerce site and you suddenly started to get loads of traffic from pop UK deals, mm-hmm. but six months down the line you don't anymore. Is that because their users just aren't posting your deals anymore? Do you have any deals that are worth posting? Because if you do, then maybe you should, there's an argument for you to create an account yep. and start posting those deals if they are good enough quality to host on 
that sites like Hot UK Deals. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I thoroughly agree with that. It's it, for me the referrals report is a is almost a goldmine for mm. opportunities for um, you know increasing what you're already getting, increasing those levels exponentially in some cases. Um, so where you've got maybe one or two people coming in from like communities or forums or deal sites or these real niche places, go and have a look at what the context of that is. So where is that link placed that's driving you that referral traffic? Have a look at what the context is of it and see whether there's any way in which you can help that referring site to give more value to its own audience because obviously there's some resonation, there's some um, symbiotic relationship there between Mm. their audience and your audience. There's a common ground. So why not use that to say, okay, look, someone has linked to my site, whether it was you, the webmaster, or whether it was your user, mm. th- there's something that we could do here. How how can I help you? Right, exactly. And I can't tell you how many partnerships I've developed from just looking at that yep. that part of GA. Honestly, it's, there's so many different examples. Mm. Of, you know, I've got in contact with them saying, look, this has actually generated some business for us. And, you know, I don't see any reason why I can't be upfront and honest with somebody else and say, your site is great and it's generated our site, my site, whatever, business. Yep. They're going to go, fantastic, we'll wait. maybe we should work together more, yeah. whether that be on some kind of affiliate basis, whether that be on content for content, yep. trade, whatever it be, advice for them, whatever it be, there's an argument to then go in and, and kind of generate that partnership further. Yeah, absolutely. I think in the case of uh, communities and forums, th- there's instantly a way in which you, as a brand or a company or an expert, can mm. instantly add value say, well, why don't I become an administrator or moderator or you give me a profile that is branded so that when people ask questions that are relevant to my industry um, or questions about my company, I can go in and respond um, as a a brand representative or an industry expert. Right, exactly. And and that's where you have to contact these sites and say, what works best for you? Yeah, absolutely. Because if you go in and start, not spamming, but to a owner of a forum it might look like you're trying to spam yeah. but actually if you if you contact them right from the get go and say look people are talking about us people, yeah. and people have questions and we want to answer them yeah. that automatically sounds a lot better yeah exactly and you can say look they're coming through to my site from a referral link that they've placed here um, and they're coming through to get this type of information um I'm happy to provide you with other guides that are relevant to it. Um, Or you could say, look, well, maybe you could put some kind of sticky post up because it's getting asked quite a lot and, you know, it's it's getting churned about in this forum. Why why not put this here or, you know, link through to the resource specifically um, from a sticky post or from a a banner on your homepage? Yeah. And I think don't be afraid sometimes, where relevant, to link out to competitors or... Or other, um, like the government or something like that. Right. So on, I think Money Saving Expert is the perfect example of this. They often do these like central pages where they say, okay, here's, here's the best sites online where you can get your car from, as an example. Yep. And they will list 5, 10, 15 different sites. Now, I know that one of my clients isn't number one in that list, but they still get thousands of pounds worth of revenue from that one page every month. Mm-hmm. So if you know it's a popular site and you're giving general advice, it's probably not in the best interest of their users to point them in the direction of a single website. Yeah, right. 
Absolutely, it's giving them options. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. So that's the the referrals report, and that's that's how you can use it to, you know, enhance what you're already getting. But also, you mentioned there, Ryan. You know, look at um, look at a year ago. What referral uh, sites were pointing to you mm. and sending you traffic that maybe aren't anymore? Is there any way that you can go back to those sites and say, hey, look, you used to have X, Y, and Z written about me on your site? Is there any way that I can give you more information or you know help your audience in one way or the other? Because if you if you quantify that traffic, if you tie it in with you know your e-commerce value, the, you know the transactional re- revenue that, mm. that was generated through having that referral there, um, or you look at you know how many goal completions were were happening as a result of that referral traffic, you can kind of prioritize who it is that you're going to be contacting if. For example, you've got a long list of sites that used to refer to you but don't anymore. Um, and also, you know, maybe just ask them, is there any reason why um, you got rid of that link? Right, exactly. It, it, you, you never know. You never know. There could be something going on in the background that you can have no influence over. But I think the most important part of this is just open up a dialogue. Right. Don't sit on it. Don't yeah. sit on it. Act on it and, and you know, actually ask the questions and don't assume anything Mm. don't say well because you've linked to me you're definitely going to want all of this content i've got this this and this for you they might go well actually no we don't need that that's not that's not spot on relevant yeah exactly Um, or you know we're already doing it ourselves yeah um and i think look at that report regularly as well depending on obviously how much traffic you get it might be that you're looking at a monthly basis a weekly basis sometimes it's important to look at it on a daily basis Mm -hmm. You know, if you're a big enough site that gets lots of different referrals from lots of different places. Yeah, absolutely. And the other added benefit of this is that it's another source of um, linking um, stats. Mm. So if you're using uh, or if you're certainly looking at your uh, your backlinks that are pointing into the site, um, I would thoroughly suggest that if you aren't doing that already, you start doing it because links... Um, can be built by anyone, anywhere, at any time. Um, and there are certain guidelines in place as to what's a good link, what's a bad link. So keeping an eye on them is really important. And that's where you can use this referral traffic report along with other tool sets out there like Majestic, like mm. Ahrefs, mm. to understand who's linking to you, where do they link from, is that site of high quality or not, is it sending you traffic? Yeah, this you know, is. A, this is a, I think we've mentioned it before, but if you're looking to purge some of your backlinks mm-hmm. going back into GA and saying well actually as you just said none of, none of these sites are actually giving me anything then let's add them to the disavow yep. and get rid of them absolutely if it's a if it's a low quality if it's site, a low quality site yeah. um, or if it's a, a, a link that um, violates Google's linking guidelines um, for example it might be part of a link scheme um, then yeah you, you could disavow it which would mean Google would, would ignore it um, or you can approach the webmaster and say hey look can you stick a no follow on it if it's got referral traffic pointing into your site that's where you'd no follow it so right, exactly. You know, yeah. it, it doesn't pass any page rank um, great so that's the, the, the referrals report uh, one thing that I also wanted to bring up about Google Analytics is um, something that I've noticed a few people doing, um, or rather not doing, that they should actually be doing, and that is goals. Mm. Um, These are a fantastic part of any analytics suite um, and will add real value to your analysis of the performance of your website. Goals can be set up for a, a wide range of things. So um, in for those of you that may not know, there's there's maybe two different types of website, generally speaking, on the internet, e-commerce and goal-based. If, if those are 
basic business setups. Mm. So e-commerce would naturally have e-commerce functionality set up within analytics, so you can see yeah. the transactions Amazon, that are going on. Yeah, anything, Amazon and stuff like that. Yeah. They, would, they would have analytics tracking for their e-commerce um, side of things. But for sites where there's no transactions that are going to be taking place, it's critical, really, that not only goals are set up, but also events. Yeah, um, I think those two go hand in hand for non-e-commerce sites. Mm. Um, so if you offer a service rather than a product, um, this is critical. Get those yeah. in place. I think, I think a good way to explain it is if I'm someone like BMW, and I don't think, I might be wrong, but I don't think they actually sell their cars on no, their website. No, they sell them they do like through a, dealerships. They do like a test drive. Right. They, they probably have figures to, to suggest X number of test drives equals a sale that's where you kind of backwards engineer it and create your goal value and Mm -hmm. say look as soon as someone signs up to a test drive that equals x amount for my business Mm -hmm. so it wouldn't equal 20 grand because they're not necessarily going to go and buy buy that car but it might equal 200 pounds absolutely and and you know if you're not bmw or you're not doing you know masses of, of 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 things that that would allow you to necessarily define a goal value quite as clearly as that um there are other simple things that you can do you can look at um newsletter signups right Mm -hmm. so you have a newsletter that you send out to your uh your audience um and in that newsletter they may be prompted to come onto the site and you know get a service from you so for example we as fresh egg supply services we've got no products but we have services and we have an email list that builds how well we get people to sign up to our newsletter we get people to sign up to our mailing lists and when we send out an email we're talking about you know our services within that email people would then hopefully click on it read about it go yeah actually this is exactly what my business needs right now i'll get in touch that's how we can start saying, well, if one person signs up to a newsletter, what does that then mean in terms of how many people are potentially going to get a service right, from exactly. us? Right, exactly. So you can say, for example, a thousand email uh, subscribers equates to 10 services that we're going to sell, and those services are priced at X. Yeah. So then you do X divided by 10 gives you the value. To the that value. Yeah, absolutely. And then you divide that up by a thousand, and it would give you, you know, yeah. true. So it's it's definitely possible, I think, for any yeah. any site that makes that makes money somewhere along the line. Absolutely, and so these goals can be assigned to call to action buttons. They can be assigned to contact forms. They can be assigned to thank you pages if someone's done a specific action. There's a whole bunch of them. Mm-hmm. I would highly suggest though, set them up. And if you can apply a value to them, apply that value to them, monetary value. Um, Because then what that will do is feed into other reports within analytics, right? So if you're looking at a pages report, it will give you a page value, a page value metric that you can then quantifiably measure and go, right, this page may have a high bounce rate, but my God, it's got a really good page value because they signed up to a newsletter before they bounced away. Yeah. Yeah, and now there are ways. I'm not going to go into it. I'll let the insight team do this, partly, <laughs> partly because they know it far better than I do. But there are ways to have both goals and e-commerce monetary values in the same profile yes. and working very well together. Yes, but I think we'll save that for a different time. Yeah, we'll, we'll save it for for those guys because we will 
definitely cock up. Oh, we're definitely get it wrong. Yeah, we're <laughs> definitely get it wrong. Yeah, um, but to talk about events as well, there may be things that you can't assign a goal to um, just because of the way that it, it functions on your site. Um, so events can be a really good way of tracking user behavior like a video play right something like that so a video play where you couldn't assign a goal to it but you can track it as an event so did someone press play on this video uh, on this page of my site if so how many times did it get mm-hmm. pressed um, or you can add events to say um, did did someone go from this page to this page if so set up an event um, th- there's a whole list of combinations and, and ideas that you can come up with um, to, to, to really improve upon the, the, the value that you're reporting on. Um, because at the end of the day, you, your website is there for a purpose, right? And the majority of that purpose is to generate revenue. Mm. At the end of all of it, it's there to generate revenue. Um, so you might as well use every tool at your disposal to be able to do that um, and, and report on that performance. So yeah, Mark, have you got any favourite reports that you look at in analytics or things that you most benefit from? Well, being Mr. Social Media, the mm. uh, social media report I find very useful. So like we were saying with the referral mm. and one, it, it just reports whether how many people have come from Facebook, how many people have come from Twitter, how many people have come from Google+, for example. And just monitoring that, and again, you don't have to do that on a daily basis, depends on how much traffic you're getting in from resources. There's a really interesting way of seeing why. I'm posting five times on Twitter and five times on Facebook, but Facebook is driving, you know, like ten times the amount of traffic. Mm. Maybe you should focus more of your attention there yeah. because it's clearly delivering more value to those users and it's delivering more value to you. I think, I think the key there is often the GA leads... It leads you to investigate further. Yes. Because the argument might be, well, my tweets are... I'm not tweeting as well as I could be, or I'm not engaging with my audience properly on Twitter, Yeah. rather than actually I should be posting on Facebook Definitely, more. so maybe you should focus on Twitter more, because clearly you're doing right, fine on exactly. Facebook. Yeah, so but, it could go either way, but it means you have to go look at it, yeah, you work have to look out at what's data, going yeah. on, because clearly it's working or not working mm. in some way. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And related to that is um, just campaign tagging. Definitely. Um, I can't understate it. I can't overstate it either. Um, the campaign tagging conventions are massively important. So for those of you that may not be as aware or completely unaware of what campaign tagging is, um, if you're putting a link into uh, any collateral um, or any social media messaging or any anywhere that you're placing a link, you can campaign tag it in order that you can better understand how that link performed in terms of sending traffic into your site. So, for example, let's say that you are doing some social media messaging and you're going to send the same message out on Facebook and Twitter. You can campaign tag the link that you're going to place in that social media message to say, what the traffic source was, what the medium was, and what the campaign name is. So, for example, if your company is achieving its 10th birthday, its 10th anniversary, so the campaign name could be 10th birthday or birthday 10. Um, The important bit here is to keep everything in lowercase and make sure that you are using those three critical um, campaign tags, which are the source, the medium and the campaign name. Those are the three required fields. Um, because when you've got a report on that, how are you going to know what what's performed well and to, for social for yeah, you? Exactly. So in this instance, if I was posting to Twitter and Facebook, the source would be Twitter, 
the medium would be social and the name would be 10th birthday. That's the way around it yep. is. The source is never going to be social. Um, it's, the, it's, the, it's the platform that you're using, for example. Yeah. Um, We've got a... Um Handy download actually on our on our website yeah, that's that right. assists with this. So we we will link the in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. Just so you guys can download it. Yeah. So when you when you hit the podcast on freshegg.co.uk/podcast, um, you'll see a, a, a link in there. Um, there's also our resources section, and that's where it's it's yeah. housed. But yeah, there's a whole resource in there that helps you, guide you through how to tag up your campaigns, and there's also a you know it's a downloadable Excel spreadsheet where. It Super, automatically yeah, really populates easy, yeah. it for you. You yeah, just yeah. you just put in what the link is, yeah. and it, it does that all for you. It's great. Cool. Awesome. Um, well, those are our top tips, hints, and insights into Google Analytics. You know, it's not all-encompassing. It's not extensive by any sense of the word. Um, yeah. If you are struggling with Google Analytics, if you want help setting things up um, if you are seeing that you've got lots of spam traffic coming in or, or what have you um, we can we can help with that um, well I say we <laughs> it will be our analytics team that will do so but by all means drop us a line at podcast at um, and, and we'll put you in touch with, with the guys they're, they're, they're a great bunch of, of people uh, down in the analytics team a uh, little bit crazy a little bit wild some of them are a little bit German but uh, <laughs> We won't hold that against them by any means. Um, speaking of podcasting emails, I have to say that congratulations is due to the winner of the chocolate box competition. We have had the email that we've been waiting for, which dun, is dun, dun. awesome. We're going to put in a little bit of congratulation music there, I think. So uh, let, let's hit the congratulation music. All right, there it is. So, uh, announcing here it is. Let's have a let's have a little drum roll. The winner of the Fresh Egg email competition, ten pounds worth of chocolate box, is Peter Shimka. I'm sorry if I've announced that wrong. You know, I've, I I struggled with this surname. We we all agreed though that this is probably the way that it's pronounced, <laughs> which means it's probably so, wrong. It's probably wrong. But Peter, you are the winner. Uh, of the chocolate box um, thank you very much for emailing in um, so we'll be posting that out to you post haste yep. um, and yeah I hope you don't eat it all too quickly uh, take your time with it um, if you would like to uh, be involved with the show um, or you want to just tell us your thoughts give us your feedback please do so on iTunes uh, leave us a rating and a review if you've got the time. Um, or get in touch with us via social media. Um, we're, we're here at Fresh Egg on Twitter. Um, you can also find us on the Facebook. Um, I think we're on LinkedIn as well. Yeah, we yeah, are. are. So if you want to keep things profesh. Uh, and the hosts are all on Twitter as well. The hosts are all on Twitter. So we've got at Ryan Oggs, at Mark, Mark Audio, Audio Wave. Mark Audio Wave. Yeah. And uh, I'm at Tom James Brennan. So uh, yeah, come and, come and talk to us and harass us. Um, we... Won't mind too much. I get harassed all the time on Twitter anyway, so it's fine. Mainly by me. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just posting up Disney pictures and saying, this is rubbish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you very much indeed for listening in to episode 12 of the Fresh Egg Digital Breakfast podcast. Join us again same time next week when we will be going to episode unlucky number 13. What could possibly go wrong? And thank you very much for listening. Take care.